Today on Lockdown Red Wings, what's going on with Andrew Cobb? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Scotty, happy Tuesday. How are you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well, man. Um, yeah. Doing well-rested. Yes, very, very, very. I slept like 11 hours last night. Uh, so back, back, uh, back doing well. Um, high school hockey coverage for the news starting back up again with the as the calendar turns. So that's uh, usually I don't bring up whatever I'm working on with the news, but it, because it's hockey, I am now. So for the next two, three months, that'll be my life. So, uh, yeah, really some really good teams out there. Detroit country or Detroit Catholic central rather always, you know, a juggernaut. So, um, but yeah, good, uh, good, good, solid little Monday here for yours. Truly. Nice. Good for you, buddy. How about you? Um, doing pretty good, you know, still getting over this sickness, but getting better every single day. Um, and tonight, everybody listening to this will know the, the outcome, but I'm having some people over. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, we are having uh, three off days in a row here. With, yes. The Red Wings will play until Thursday. So this is, technically, this is day two of the off days for those who are listening. Um, but it's really just day one for us because we're recording this on a Monday. And, and we wanted to take some time to talk a little bit about Andrew Kopp. Pretty straightforward episode. Andrew Kopp and then Alex Brinkin in the All-Star game. Because Andrew Kopp's been kind of on the forefront of everybody's minds in – I would say this season, going back to last season, even with the core surgery, but this season it feels like more so. Uh, he's kind of becoming the scapegoat of the forward core when it comes to like performance. And I, I can't necessarily, I don't want to turn him into a scapegoat, but you know, last year, Scotty, you and I gave him a mulligan uh, based on his performance. A year he still put up forty-two points, which is the second highest point total in his career. Uh, because of the core surgery, and we know how hard, not personally, but you know, through other various athletes who have had core surgery, how long it can take to fully come back from that. This year, he comes back fully healthy, has a training camp, and you know, he's just on pace for 38 points, which is a step down from his production last year and an even greater step down from his career year with the Jets slash Rangers just two years prior. And so when you take into that and just like the how the offensive part of his game has really seem really seems to start to really seems to be taking, you know, a step off the edge of a cliff. You got to ask, Scotty, is this is, is Andrew Kopp underperforming or is this a usage issue? Well, <clears throat> I kind of want to start with the scapegoat thing. Um, last year. I was one of the people that was more vocal about like, hey, in the second half, he was way better than the first half. He didn't have a preseason. He was coming off of a pretty significant injury. Like he'll, you know, and, and like I said, he took a, a pretty big steps forward, I thought, in the second half of last season. 
And I was really excited about Andrew Kopp this year. I uh, thought that JT Comfer was clearly going to be ahead of him on the depth chart, but was still pretty pumped for like 3C Andrew Kopp. I thought that that was a, a good role for him. And this year, he it just he, he hasn't put it together. And uh, I, I don't know if it's just a, a failure to excel within the system that's in place, which kind of doesn't make any sense to me because I feel like he plays... It's a defense first system. Right, like at his style should be like exactly what this system uh, excels. That's why JT Comfer has been, you know, doing pretty well so far in a wing wheel. Like, I, I, I don't... I, I think that it's uh, that that cop should be someone who's doing well, and he just hasn't been. And uh, again, like for as much as I kind of went to his defense last year, this year I, I think it's really hard to feel the same way. That all being said, like scapegoat is also far too dramatic, just from the sense of like like team scapegoat for a guy who last night played on the fourth line is preposterous. Like that's absurd. That's it's absurd to look at the team and like the team struggling and be like, wow, this is somehow Andrew Cobb's fault. Is he do like playing super well? Is he living up to the contract? Is he et cetera, et cetera? No, not what I'm arguing, but um, th- there's, I mean, that that's preposterous. How many times have we come on here after losses and been like, wow, this game falls on the shoulders of Andrew Cobb. Like it just hasn't happened, which again is part of the reason I, I guess to an extent why, you know, we're having this conversation is because, he, uh, he. I guess at times he feels invisible, and that's certainly not living up to the money that you're paying him. That's a huge reason why it. it you know, when when you determine, I'm kind of rambling here, but like when you try and and uh, determine if someone is like playing well or playing poorly, it's all based on expectation. And I know that you and I just talked about this before we hit record, but like it's it's all expectation based. And going into the year, when you had what Cop did in his in his contract year right like you said with the jets and rangers became a free agent what the wings paid him and then what he's been doing now he he certainly hasn't been uh and especially in a salary cap sport it's important to uh play as well as your salary determines and and just from what we expected when we signed him he hasn't been that yeah so i mean obviously there's more to it than just point production with a guy like andrew cop right like you for sign sure. him for his more so for his defensive side of the puck and you hope that he can get you 45 to 50 points a season on top of that you know decent offense on top of stellar defense unfortunately neither have been there and you brought up the word expectation right and the reason at the beginning of the podcast beginning of the episode i phrased it as underperforming or poor usage is because we had a similar conversation uh, with Cider and Woolman just a few days ago, uh, a couple weeks ago now, actually, about how their performance isn't a regression by them. It's about their usage. And mostly we were talking about Cider, but Woolman has been playing on his pair. Woolman had an explosive breakout year last year with the Red Wings, so he was included in the conversation as well. And the main difference between the two of these in regards to you know, how we look at whether or not they're underperforming or poor usage, in my opinion, is that word you said, an expectation. Uh, and that is, that that is the, for me, the crux of the conversation. Cider is 22 years old. I'm not trying to make this a Cider versus Cop conversation, just but for sake of comparison, Cider is 22 years old on an entry-level contract making like $900,000 a year. 
Andrew Kopp was coming off a career year where he put up 50-plus points, 20-plus goals, and was in the face-off circle. He was dominant. Defensively, he was dominant, playing with the Winnipeg Jets. And you know there's always a risk when you sign somebody off a career year that that's at the peak. And there's when you're going to pay somebody in free agency, you're always going to overpay. But you're paying this man $5.6 million to play for your hockey team to you signed him to be your defensive shutdown, like a two-way center with a two-way center that is more defensive oriented, dominating in that sense. You signed and, him to be your two C. Like we're having a conversation this year about like, oh, can he like solidify the three C role? And no, you know, he played on the fourth line to on Sunday night. When you signed him, you signed him to be your second-line center. That was the, the the expectation when Penn touched paper, man. And then on top of that, and it's just one game, so I don't want to isolate that one game and be for like, sure, see, this guy's sure. a bust. But on the fourth line with the Anaheim against the Anaheim Ducks, rather, he, Fisher, and Fabry did not look good. Every single time they were out there, they, it looked as if they were getting caved in. And part of that, again, this is why I don't want to make too much out of the one game he played as the fourth-line center because it is one game, and it's hard to build chemistry with two line mates you rarely play with yeah. in one game. But Andrew Kopp is is underperforming his contract massively, especially when you look at the usage that they have used him in. And I will get to that usage. Before I get to that, though, we should take a break because the usage, when I talk about it, ends up being a long-winded monologue slash ramble. So I know when to stop when I'm ahead. We're going to go into a quick break when we return. We'll talk about the usage of Andrew Kopp uh, in segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. The NFL regular season is over, and Super Wild Card Weekend is this week up ahead. And hey, well, by the time you're listening to this, the game is over, but the national championship game is on the line for the University of Michigan. And FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And you can bet on all those games using FanDuel. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Did you know the Vancouver Canucks on the road against the New York Rangers were plus 140? The Canucks, one of the hottest teams in the NHL this season. Now, granted, Rangers, very good hockey team. But Canucks plus 140 on the road, one of the hottest teams in the NHL. I, you know, put a little bit of put a little bit of green on that, put a little bunny on that. Also, uh, yeah, got some good odds in the Michigan football game. So I bet on that as well. Not a lot of money because I don't make enough money <laughs> to blow it, but I keep it, it keeps me invested. So you too can stay invested in sports using fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, you and I, we talking about Andrew Cobb. We both feel he's underperforming his contract right now. He's getting paid $5.6 million for the next three seasons after this one. And in you signed him to be that two-way center with the defense, defensive first kind of orientation on that two-way. And you hope to get like 40 to 50 points out of him. And right now, you're not getting anywhere close to that type of production. Let's take a look at his usage, too. Because like I said, we made that argument. We made a similar conversation with Cider, and we argued it was a usage problem, not a performance problem. Let's look at his player usage chart real quick using the uh, frozen tools at daubersports.com. If I can pull it up, sometimes it takes me a little while. And here you can see the usage chart for all the forwards on the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, give me one second. I'm uh, drawing a blank. 
Here we go. Zoom in a little bit. And here you can see, and I'll explain it for people who are listening and they're not watching, but the y-axis y-axis here is the quality of competition. Competition, competition. There it is again. Quality of competition. Competition, baby. Competition. <laughs> uh, relative. Corsi four percentage relative. And then the x-axis is offensive deployment, offensive zone starts percentage. Uh, Andrew Cop is, and to be fair to him, uh, the second hardest quality of competition deployment out of anyone on the Red Wings, the only uh, any forward on the Red Wings, the only forward with tougher quality of competition deployment is actually Michael Rasmussen. You'd think it would be Dylan Larkin, who is just slightly third on the team in de- uh, quality of competition deployment. But it's actually Andrew Kopp, who is the second, Michael Rasmussen with the first, and he has the third most offensive defensive zone deployments of any of the forwards on the Detroit Red Wings, which puts him comfortably second overall on this graph because he's in far up there in that top left quadrant. The top left ca- quadrant is defensive zone deployments and stiffest competition. So to be fair to Andrew Kopp, they're putting him in those really tough positions and starting him in the defensive zone. That's my point is like, this is, this is what you signed him to do though. Like, yes, exactly. like, like the, whole the, point, <laughs> the whole point of, of signing cop is to deploy him against tough top competition in your own zone. That's like the whole point. So that's why, like, I don't, I don't really care. Like the, I, I love stats and like, this is great to highlight our points, but like, I, I don't, I, I don't care about his deployment because this is the deployment that he like we want him to flourish in and and uh he's not so it's a slightly different conversation there um, no and that's the point i was actually trying to build to i just i just couldn't find my way to it was this is the deployment like you said that you signed him to be in right. and he is not and even like well. and now you know even you shift okay now the expectation isn't to see obviously well, now, now you're paying like him 5.6 million um so but like now we we're looking around and now we, I mean, is he even a solidified three C clearly not right. Like oh, it's, boy, no. it, it's uh it's just been a slow kind of decline. And he, he just, I would really, really, and this isn't me saying like, you know, cut him tomorrow or whatever, but I just, I, I really would like to see of, of like anybody on the team. <laughs> I would like to see him just get hot and, and just be really effective for even if it was just a few games or a couple of weeks in a row, just to show that, um, like that's still in there and uh, and what we sign him to be. So that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, obviously, if you wear a winged wheel, I'm I'm rooting for you until you're not. So I I uh, this is uh, certainly not like a slam piece. It's just uh, you know he hasn't uh, lived up to what we thought he was going to be. Yeah, and. We want to talk about highlight some areas where he is very good, right? Like he has this the most amount of penalty kill minutes out of anyone on the forward core right now, and that's what a forward. Uh, uh, that's a penalty kill that is what like eleven for 11, 20 for yeah. twenty right now in the past stretch of games. Right, he's not useless. That's not what I'm saying. And sure. he's above his career average in faceoff win percentage. One of the big things you signed him for was winning faceoffs, and he has been doing that. But the problem becomes like if you wanted somebody to kill penalties and win faceoffs, you could have just kept Luke Lendenning. And granted, Luke Lendenning's, I don't even, did he even sign with anyone this year? Yeah, like, he's somewhere. Hold on. I just, I just went down this rabbit hole recently. But my point being here is if you wanted somebody who could just do those two things, you could have gotten somebody who was a lot cheaper than $5.6 million. For sure. So 
obviously he's got three more years left with the Detroit Red Wings and he's got a 10 team, no trade clause. So he's likely not to go anywhere. Glenn Denning has played every single game for the Tampa Bay Lightning and is winning 57.3% of his faceoffs. You could have just kept Luke Glendening. I love my dog, man. I miss him dearly. I really do. Uh, that <laughs> is that is my dog for life. I, no I love Luke Glendening, man. How about the 61% face-off win his last year in Detroit? Golly. That's incredible. I mean, like I said, it's I'm not giving up on Andrew Kopp, mainly because he's here for another three years after this, and so we need him to succeed. And he's shown in the oh. years past that he can do that. And he is like on pace for his... like career average in points in 38 but you just signed him to be a two-way uh a two-way center that could provide some offense and be even better on defense yeah and he's shooting 7.4 percent right now which is below like that's the thing too right his shooting percentage was really low last year so you were hoping it would bounce back more he only had nine goals last year he's at five right now it's just like if that shooting percentage can get up like he's just so snake bitten in the offensive zone right now. I think he's almost inside his own head too about like, he knows he needs to score more. It's just, I, I am not giving up on Andrew cop, but to say he's not underperforming would be a lie. I, I completely agree. That's where I'm at too. I, like I said, I'm not trying to say like cut him tomorrow or anything. I, I, the reason why I hold out hope is um, a, again, like not that he was, you know, Connor McDavid in the second half of last year or anything, but like he, he was, he was better, you know, once he uh, kind of got his feet under him. Uh, there's still a lot of hockey left to play this year. And the the biggest thing, again, I'll, I'll end this conversation with how I started it was like on paper, this dude should be a perfect fit for this team. <laughs> like like I, that's the thing that I guess maybe frustrates me the most about it too, but like on paper on for, from play style alone, this should be a guy that, that excels and flourishes immensely in this type of system and is exactly what this team is trying to get their hands on as far as player types. So, um, yeah, obviously rooting for him and hope that uh, he can turn it around. But up to this point since being signed. Um, and, and the reason we're having this conversation now is because of, you know, Sunday night's game was kind of an exclamation point or highlighted that struggle, especially in that second goal there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Alex DeBrinkett being the all-star, as well as if other any other Red Wing should have the honor of joining him uh, at the all-star game. So stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about game time. Scott, I talk about it all the time. If you're sick of spending a ton of money on tickets because they just use those sly little fees to hike up the the cost of your tickets, you got to go to game time because they're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They include all in prices that show your total upfront. So you know, exactly. So you know exactly what you're spending before you even check out and you can buy those tickets in seconds with two taps and see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. With zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. And the game time guarantee will always help you get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. 
Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to talk a little bit about the Red Wings all-star representative. And if there's anyone who should be willing, willing, uh, should be given the honor of joining him, even though most players hate going to the all-star game because they just would rather take the days off. Um, but Alex Brinkett, obviously the Red Wings representative for the all-star game uh, this season. Alex to is 38 points in 40 games played 17 goals, 21 assists on pace for about an 80 point season for the Detroit Red Wings. He's just been, I think he's been about what we thought he would be about as advertised. He went through a pretty lengthy cold stretch there that he's emerging from now. Uh, Patrick Kane helping him break out of that as that connection is alive and well, but I mean, he is just a lethal threat on the power play anytime he's out there. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I, I think, I don't know. You could get super nitpicky, but like, that's not the point of the episode. <laughs> like, uh, maybe a little bit more like goal scoring five on five, I guess in a perfect world. But like, like you said, he went through a little bit of a cold streak there and has breaking himself out of it lately. So yeah, he's uh, the production's been good. The goal scoring has been good. Obviously got off to a crazy hot start uh, the first five or six games of the year. And yeah, I think he pretty clearly deserves to be the, in the first round of all-star choices. Absolutely. So, Michael, were you surprised at all that no. he was the one? No. I, I thought it was going to be him or Larkin. I really thought it was going to be him yeah, or Larkin. Larkin. Yeah, agreed. It's always going to be Larkin or somebody. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Previous, I'm sorry. In previous no, no, years, no, no. there hasn't been like anyone else besides Larkin right. to really choose. Yeah. Uh, last year, Raymond and Cider, you know, not so much. Cider had a rough half of the first first half of the year. Uh, Lark or Raymond in general just kind of had a sophomore slump kind of season. So Larkin last year was like the guy, but this year, I mean, I think there's a, a handful of candidates and there's a fan vote going on. And by the way, this is, they're doing a all-star draft this year rather than the uh, division. I'm so pumped the draft is back, man. The draft was that, that was like my childhood. The draft was electric dude. Um, OV begging to get picked last. So we got the car. That one year, just I I love the draft. Man. He's just sitting back. Yeah, he's like holding up a sign or something that said like "Don't pick me." He was. I uh, I, I miss the draft. I'm I'm kind of glad it's back, especially for like it's it's lighthearted. It's the All Star Game. They don't matter, whatever. So no, it doesn't matter. Um, but there are eight more skaters and four more goalies that can be selected. Scotty, do you think that there are Red Wings? And this is a fan vote, so you like you guys got to go out there and vote for the people you want. But they like think if there was any other players on this roster, I kind of just named the one a couple minutes ago that you know are deserving of a, a roster spot spot on the All Star uh, All Star roster. I, I mean, I do think Larkin, obviously, right? That's a that's a pretty easy one for if he's not in the first round, he's going to be one of the players that I do think it would be cool. You know, now with uh, like every team gets one representative, and now so there there's not. A, um, how do I word it? Like only a select teams will have two representatives, right? So like that would be kind of cool to be one of the teams that has multiple all-stars because that's certainly not going to be very many teams. What is it? 11, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12 teams are going to be have two. So, um, well, I guess in theory, whatever math, it could be less than that. Anyway, it would be cool if, uh, if the wings were one of those teams. So yeah, Larkin's going to be in that conversation for sure. I do think Cider deserves to be in that conversation as well. Um, always hard with defensemen. Tough, uh, tough to yeah. get the, the vote. If, you know, if it's 
if it's just given to a defenseman, that can kind of make sense, but especially not like a like a Macar, like you know, high point producing defenseman, always kind of tough to lead that conversation unless you're really established and already kind of have made a name for yourself. So I'm not really holding my breath on that one, but I think that he would deserve to be in that conversation. So yeah, those are really the two that jump out to me. But um yeah. Sutter's always going to unfortunately probably struggle to make into the all-star game because he doesn't have that just pure hundred percent octane type of offense that defensemen and the league tend to uh, gravitate towards. Now, obviously he can still very capable of putting up very impressive numbers from the back end, but the game's just like focuses so much on your Macars, your Hughes, your Foxes. You can put like a hundred points seasons up that it's going to be tough for somebody who is a little bit more balanced on both the front end and the back end to make it in. But I agree with you that he definitely should like look, especially when we just had our whole conversation last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was about the type of, and they don't, they don't care about this. They're not going to look at this, but the type of competition that he is facing at his age and the type of responsibility that he faces and how he's thriving in that role. It would be hilarious. The haters the NHL think. was like, actually, we've you looked at the deployment stats and um, <laughs> right? Sider should be in the all-star game. Right. But yeah, I mean, more insider. Absolutely, I think deserves to be in that conversation. I actually, I actually also think that uh, Patrick Kane's a dark horse candidate. I know he's only played fourteen games, and so he, he's not going to make it sixteen games. There's rather, no way that happens, but it would be sick. But I mean, like, think of the storyline. If you're okay, putting the PR marketing hats on right now. I mean, Patrick Kane is probably the best American hockey player to ever really sit up. Yeah. Like that's that he is in the conversation for that. Like up there with guys like Chris Chelios and Mike Madano. He is in that conversation, if not now leading that conversation. He is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's coming back from a surgery or has come back from a surgery that no one has ever meaningful come back from in a meaningful fashion before. And he's put up 14 points in 16 games of the Detroit Red Wings in his comeback story. Like from a PR perspective, I don't, that's a, I, again, I know it's a fan vote. So, I mean, yeah, hey, how are you going to lead the fans PR robot votes? I'm typing the keyboard right now. I'm getting that Are you hot coding? Pick. You're writing yeah, a code. I'm now. coding right now. I'm it just it, I like that as a dark horse candidate. I know that only 16 games played, he probably won't, but it's up to the fans. So if the fans vote him in, he could be there, probably against his will, because he probably wants the days off. Yeah. Just like Larkin. Like that's the other thing is like Larkin deserves to be there, but I don't want Larkin to go. I want Larkin to have his three-day <laughs> week and a half off, whatever it is. That's crazy, too. I, I looked at the schedule, by the way. The Red Wings have three days off at the end of January, play the Senators on the 31st, and then go immediately go into the All-Star break. Yeah. So they have, like, besides the one game they play, they have, like, 12 days off consecutively. I'm like, fantastic. Just great scheduling NHL. I applaud you. Just like this week, they have three straight days off before playing three games in four days. They play the Edmonton Oilers at home on Thursday. They play the LA Kings at home on Saturday, and then they play the Leafs on the road on Sunday, an hour before the Red Wings or the Lions playoff game. It's like, who does this? Why do we have three days? I, I'm getting off onto a tangent. This is not part of the conversation. I It's just, it baffles me. How do you have three days off and then four games in three days? I don't get it. Um, including a back-to-back on the home, at home and then on the road. Anyways. No, no, keep going, dude. I, I could. I, I've, got, <laughs> I've, done, I've gone down this multiple times. I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure it's just logistics thing, but it, it's crazy to me, especially because all three of those teams are incredibly difficult to play against. Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> I think the last person, honestly, and, and I don't think people understand actually how 
good of numbers that Lucas Raymond's been putting up this season. He's got 32 points in 40 games played, 11 goals, 21 assists. You know, he's on pace to, I think, break his, yeah, 40 games, 32 points in 40 games played. He's on pace for over 60 points. He's going to crush his rookie record, his career high that he set in his rookie season. So not to say that he's outperforming some other deserving candidates, but if you're talking Red Wings solely in a vacuum, which is what we were doing, that deserve a look, I would probably honestly rank it, like obviously Larkin one, Cider two, and then Kane and Raymond. Ooh, but Wallman too. Ah. Yeah, the, the other thing is this is – like this isn't a Red Wing centered conversation. This is comparing exactly. our players to 31 other teams. Lucas but Raymond is not making the all-star game. But it's determined by a fan vote. So we could vote in Christian Fisher if we wanted. Okay, you do that and let me know how it goes. You you start that campaign, you get Christian Fisher in the all-star game, and I'll I'll eat my words. Our John Scott moment. <laughs> I'd vote for Christian Fisher. That's my dog. <laughs> But I mean, it's just meant to be a fun little hypothetical conversation. But if we're talking, like, seriously, though, it- it's Larkin, Cider, like the two most deserving sure. guys behind Debrinket. Sure. Yeah. Cool. That's the conversation. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, we're planning on having Andrew Rinaldi, our kind of our Griffins guy, come on Good and dog. talk to us about how uh, our boys down, or I guess not down, I guess down in the AHL can still yeah. apply. It's down a level. It's over there. It's over there. It's somewhere <laughs> in Michigan, not west, I think. So we'll talk Grand Rapids Griffins on tomorrow's episode. And uh, they've been, they're on a five-game heater. So let's go Griffs. Anyways. Let's go Griffs, baby. Any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. Your team. Every day. Every day. Every day.